Week two is in the books, and we are back to recap it here on Dynasty Time Podcast. Scott here along with Dan. What's up, everybody? Again. Dan, that was good. You came in really quick that time. I'm on it right now. Thank you. I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling great. Uh, we have a new guest on the line. This week's guest is CR Pies owner, Craig Pizer. Craig, welcome to the pod. Well, thanks for having me. It's been uh, it's been something I've been wanting to do for three weeks now, so I, I'm excited to be here. That's great. I mean, the podcast is pretty legendary. According to my app, we had 16 plays last week. So either someone's listening twice, or we got some outsiders really interested in Dynasty Time. Why wouldn't they be? It's great content we got going here. <laughs> it's, it's the best 23 I'm minutes of my about. week. <laughs> that's good uh i'm in a great mood guys because uh the detroit red wings are one and oh Woo! wait hockey started in preseason oh yeah okay i was gonna say uh, beat the blackhawks i don't think i'm that far uh, anyway hockey, but impressive anyway craig is here and some people might not know craig so let's just do the standard craig who are you give us a little intro well Thank you. I'm uh, one of Scott's brothers, uh, the closest brother in age, just about nine years. What are we, nine years apart? Um, that is correct. Yeah, and so I'm, uh, I live just outside of Detroit, uh, still live in the Birmingham area. I have not left the bubble that I grew up in, and i um, loving it. Married with two kids, and... Um, love me some fantasy football CR pie just looking up some records just to give you guys some backgrounds in case you haven't noticed the career records uh CR pies not to break my hand pat myself on the back but uh the fourth best record in the league at 96 and 78 with uh outscoring opponents 110 to 104 so a positive point (laughs) differential over the course of my what is this 13 years in the league something like that. So um, I can't find all the playoff records, but I, I tend to make the playoffs more than not. But uh, not last year. Laid an egg last year. So looking to come back this year. Uh, wow. I'm sure, Quite the intro. I'm sure Scott could tell us this, but does that record thing you're looking at tell you how many times you beat me in crucial division games <laughs> over the last eight years? <laughs> no, we could get that uh, head-to-head Yeah, soon, I'm sure but, Scott uh, will find it for us. Yeah. Uh, I apologize. Uh, Craig is a nine-time playoff appearance person. He actually went from 2012 to 2017, so that was six straight years, and won the championship, one of only three members of Dynasty time with two championships, 2014 and 2016. Can anyone name the other two with two championships? Uh, Blue 32. Uh, that is correct. And seven oh eight. I have my second guess, but I'll let uh, it, somebody else chime in. If, if the answer is Badger Pride, I'm quitting tomorrow. No, I think it's Bobby. Oh come on, Bobby has not won since 2006. Really? Even though he has 11 playoff ex- appearances. <laughs> wow. Uh, the other one is Badger Pride, 2011, oh. 2018. The Pizer brothers are dominating this league. So there you have it. I have no response to that. And I'm seven and at least you've won seven and six against you, Dan. It feels a lot worse. Well, let's get right into it, shall we? 
All right, Dan, do you have a question? I do. Craig? I just, I you know, sorry. Just, I, and we were talking about this before we came on, but I, I think I guess everybody knows that Craig is one of, of Scott's older brothers. But I wanted to ask Craig of all the accomplishments that Scott has, you know, achieved in his life running a dynasty style fantasy football league, I think in our 14th year now, that's got to be top one or two, right? I mean, right up there with. I don't know, marrying Whitney and graduating with his MBA. I mean, that's, those, they all kind of seem like tied for first. Um, so I wanted your thoughts on that as someone who knows Scott just about better than anybody. Yeah. I mean, I think he's probably spent more time on this than he did throughout his entire school career from kindergarten all the way through Wisconsin. So, um, but no, this is uh it's something we all love and we appreciate what he does because the time he puts in is uh, definitely makes the league better. So absolutely. Wow. And I mean, you know, I, I wanted to just put another plug in for Slack and not that we need to plug it anymore because everybody's involved, but I think it's great conversation going on there. Obviously we are not all going to agree on things, but it's great to get all of it out there and filter through it in a cool format. So keep those opinions coming. I think there's a few guys we haven't heard too much from yet. So we're going to keep pinging at them, but in general, I think it's great that we're having a good conversation on the Slack and our fearless commissioner cutting through all the bullshit and, you know, curtailing us when we get off track or moving on from a topic when maybe we don't need to talk about it anymore. So appreciate that, Scott. Slack's been unbelievable. It's been great. We're getting uh, Slack messages yeah. as we talk right now. <laughs> I was going to say live Slack messages. Uh, the Slack has worked very well. I'm very happy with it. And I guess I can just leave because I'm pretty awesome is what I'm hearing. So thanks, guys. Um, but maybe we should get into the week we just had. Week number two, we'll start with Craig. Struggles against Blue 32 throughout his career. He was 12 and, or what, 4 and 12 against Blue 32. Comes out with a 52-point win. Yeah. Hot Craig, how'd you do it? A high, a high score of the week in addition to 10 bucks. Yeah. Congratulations. The bank. Put it towards next year. Um, <laughs> well, no, I think, uh, I think it started out great with uh, Chris Godwin coming up with 22 points on Thursday night as uh, my opponent had 15 points on the bench with Peyton Barber. So started out well Thursday and then um, really – you know, everybody, most people did their parts. I got a couple of issues at running back, but Mark Andrews, nice surprise with my other tight end going down. And uh, Kyler Murray is hanging in there. He's uh, He was one of my biggest question marks, but he's actually put up some points. So I don't, we'll see how that goes. So, but overall it's a team effort, I think. So everybody did well. I just got to find out what to do with that Duke Johnson spot. That's my biggest weakness right now. So, but proud of the guys for bouncing back. <laughs> Yeah, Duke Johnson's been disappointing. Awful. Yeah. Three points. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. And now you have to drop C.J. Anderson because he doesn't have a team. I know, but that's okay. You're always <laughs> looking to drop somebody, so. There but you go. Makes yeah. your decision this week easier for sure. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. think I think the Kyler Murray pick, I mean, waiting a little bit for a quarterback. Um, forgot exactly, exactly you know, when you picked him, but in general, I think waiting on the quarterback a little bit and getting Kyler Murray has paid off a little bit so far. And, of course – I have to, you know, hit you again about Christian McCaffrey, but you'd be 2-0 and if you had Christian McCaffrey on your team. So no, I, I would wanna, not be. I just no. want to remind you. I would not be. 
You would not be two and zero. I did look back at that. Would he or would he not be? I would not be. No, week one. If if C City would have had Elliot and I would have had McCaffrey, I still would have lost. So, uh, well, so that made me feel a little bit better. It makes me feel good that you were prepared to refute that because I didn't yeah. even bother to look. <laughs> I just I, I thought it was really it. really close for sure, but I don't remember what Elliot did week one. So I appreciate you correcting me. Uh, but this week you didn't need either of them, honestly. Well, I was going to say fine either, either way. way. I would have had the same record either way with either player. So. There you go. So yeah. I, that means we'll see I can, how it goes. That means I can be critical of you at least for another couple of weeks. Yes. So this will not be. This will not die yet. Yes. Until and just you... to defend and and just that's humor the yeah, audience. Should we talk about just this? Humor the bit? audience a little bit here. I, my reasoning behind that is that I felt there was a bigger chance of McCaffrey getting hurt during the season than Elliot. So I went for the, I guess I would say higher floor with Elliot, um, where I do believe McCaffrey has the higher ceiling, but I thought Elliot had the higher floor. So that's a great thought. And I did the exact opposite by taking Joe Mixon over Dalvin cook. And let's see where that gets me. So (laughs) good call. So far. So good. Do we want to transition to that game then? If we have yeah, to. that's a good transition. The funny thing uh, is, let me let me just start with Drew Brees getting yeah. me negative point one points. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to have a shot. However, with all of my shit help. on my team, if Brees plays and has a pretty good game, I may win the matchup, which is the crazy thing. So yeah, I'm trying not to be like too discouraged. Uh, I mean, my wide receivers are good, but in general, I mean Dak Prescott has been. Maybe the best pick of the whole draft, honestly, after yeah. two weeks. I know it's only two weeks, but he's been incredible fantasy-wise. Yeah, he's the second-ranked uh, quarterback right now. Um, Dan, with 5.9 points between your quarterbacks and running backs, that's just not going to cut it. That's really hard to do. Um, I think you yeah. should get 10 bucks just for that. I think you're right, though. Everyone else, pretty good on your team. Um, but you just couldn't overcome the Austin Ecklers of the world who just took it down. Um, and then my, my backup wide receivers were pretty good. Like this guy, Hardman, who I picked up and have never heard Did of. Did I so not text you well. the moment you picked him up and told you he was going to have a good game? Yeah, that was pretty good. And then guys like Kirk and Moore, who usually suck, <laughs> did okay. So... I will take it. Uh, that's my third straight win over Be- uh, Brothers Mendez. So ever since that championship game, had your number. It doesn't hurt that Austin Eckler is the number one running back right now, too. So That does not hurt. He is the number one running back. That's crazy. Right. That was a hell of a pick. I took him in like the seventh round. Everyone forgot about him. What's really interesting about that, too, just obviously you're a Lions fan. The Lions win a low-scoring, crappy game. Yet, Eckler still has over 20 points, uh, which was obviously very important for your with with Kamara not playing very well. And that'll be interesting going forward to see what happens with the Saints now. You're affected with Kamara. I'm affected with Michael Thomas, with Breeze being out. So we'll see how that works out. Is Kamara going to be good enough to kind of be a running workhorse, or is he reliant on that screen game, which Drew Breeze was so incredibly good at operating? Uh, so I went to two and zero, brothers Mendez down to zero and one or zero and two, and the reason I have Alvin Kamara in the first place is because of Sea City Boston. Sea City Boston, the biggest surprise of the season so far. 
I believe. Uh, they did put up a lot of points. New England with their third most points ever for that franchise with 45. How is that not the most? The they had most. in 2015, Cam Newton had 46. And in 2012, Matt Schaub had 46. Oh, I thought you meant New England's third highest score. That's got to be the most they've ever scored. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, but Sea City sitting sitting tall with the most points in the league and two and zero. How did they do it? I don't even know. The Patriots defense. I think we just explained it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the Patriots defense has sixty points in the first two weeks, which is just ridiculous. Everybody yeah. in the league already knows how I feel about defenses and scoring for defenses. So you know, it is what it is. We all play by the same rules, but that really hurts me when the next highest scorer on their team was Phillip Rivers at 13.85. That just grinds my gears. Yeah, they didn't even have that many points at 124 <laughs> for having 45 from your defense. I think conversely, Birds of Prey might be a little bit of the opposite uh, surprise, whatever, at 0-2. I mean, I know that we weren't super high on them, but... I mean, I didn't think they'd be out 0-2. Yeah, two pretty bad games, too. Running backs are a little, yeah. I mean, we had them in the bottom half of the odds, but still, not great. That's for sure. Uh, Someone who's even more not great, although more expected, would be the Misfits with their new logo. It didn't really help much. 77 points. Not great, and primetime took advantage. Yeah, my notes for this game under Misfits was, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to look at one positive or two positives and a negative Uh for every team, and I just, even Aaron Rodgers is not playing where he needs to be scoring, at least. Yeah, I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, there's like no backup for them. So they just need players to start performing. Yeah. Like David Johnson needs to get more than eight points. That's I think Luke and I need to talk is. about a trade here. Uh, I think going to, <laughs> I think we might need to get uh, a little trade talk going wide receiver, running back situation, you there know, you go. crap in crap out kind of thing. And we'll both probably still suck, but at least we tried. Maybe change of scenery, right? Change of scenery. Yeah, you know, it might it might get that out. locker room chemistry going. Yeah, our our uh, chemistry is really shot here with our with our leader <laughs> and quarterback at fifty seven years old breaking a thumb or whatever the hell happened. You know, we're gonna be in we're gonna be in a tough spot for a while. So we need Devonta Freeman to come in and be a great yeah. locker room guy for us. I don't know if that works. <laughs> I've never heard him speak ever, but. <laughs> you could. You never know. It, it, he, he, he might just be what we need. Could be. Uh, this is primetime's first win over the former Shockers team since 2011. So eight years it's taken primetime to beat this franchise. Uh, moving on to the other two and O team. I think we need to get Green Hell on this podcast because he's two and O. He's feeling good, and he took down Logan this week. In a pretty competitive game, it was a seven-point win. Yeah, that was a good one. I think both teams we picked out really early on that they would be two of the top four or five teams to beat throughout the year. Pretty solid depth across the board. I think I had the the 
Browns game on in the background. And I mean, they didn't look very good, they, but they just kept throwing pretty much all the way through the second half. So I, I know it was seven points. I don't know how much of that Mayfield got when they were ready up like 20 to three or whatever it was, but that was interesting to kind of see that he had an okay game, but it wasn't great. And then obviously Njoku getting hurt and laying a zero. Anytime your tight end lays a zero, it's going to be tough to win. Having said that, Green Hell wins it with TJ Hawkinson getting getting 1.7 points. That was surprising. It was a good matchup to see, and there were a few bright spots, but in general it wasn't that strong of a performance. Craig, by far and away with 140 points, you know, just, just dominated the week for sure. No one was really that close to him. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, history guy over here because I love that shit. Uh, Green Hell, this is their most points scored against NWO since 2007. That's a long that's time ago. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Fun fact. Uh, <laughs> the other most competitive game was probably between Bobby FC and Freelancers. Oof, yes. Uh, Bobby, not happy early on because he made some interesting bench choices by benching French, Frank Gore. Um, but it worked out for him. Odell Beckham coming through. Yeah, Bobby, yeah, I love his team. I don't, I mean, his running backs obviously aren't very strong, but I think Carlos Hyde actually going forward looks like he's going to be the guy. Yes. And they went up against what is supposed to be still a really good Jaguars defensive team. So I think you can kind of place him in there over Rex Burkhead going forward, and you end up with Lamar Jackson, Hyde, and Carson as your running backs, and then he has pretty strong wide receivers along with Zach Ertz at tight end. I think that's a really solid a really solid team going forward, and I think he, he's going to be up there. I just love that. I love when Bobby and, and Lance go head-to-head on anything whether it's fantasy football or arguing about something stupid on Slack or whatever. So I think we might have to have both of them on the podcast together next week and just let them kind of go at each other about something random. Uh, There was a text from Bobby to Kevin and me at one point uh, complaining. And Kevin said, quote, playing you is always like trying to battle to the death with foam pool needle noodles. <laughs> and there you go. I did so, not know about that text message. <laughs> I said that unprompted. And of course our fearless commissioner has a statistic of some sort to back it up. Of course. So have something. that is perfect. So I think, I think we're going to set that up. Kevin and Bobby, let's, let's, let's align our calendars here and get on, get on all together and, We'll let you guys just maybe we just do a special special bonus episode of just the two of them bickering. I like it. We're just gonna have rapid fire topics, and they can just go at it for you know a lightning round, thirty seconds each question, like around the horn style or some some shit like that. Craig, yeah, I'm bringing it back to the game. Um, (laughs) I I, just looking at the team with freelancers. I think it's interesting. They might have the two most surprising people at their respective positions, meaning Tom Brady, who's having a great start to his season, and then Vance McDonald, who's just been on fire as well. So, um, you know, McDonald is the fifth tight end in the league, and I don't think anybody would have thought that. And then you got Brady, who's my computer, is the fourth, you know, his fourth quarterback. So, um, yeah, even though he's only one and one right now, I think he's 
if he's got his other guys could step up a little bit better. I don't know. I don't know how long McDonald will last, yeah. but but a couple surprises in the first couple of weeks there for them. One um, and one, not bad. Yeah, I would take it. <laughs> uh, the only other game left is the battle for Pepsi, Jutang Clan and Ultimate Warriors. Warriors laying an egg here, and Jutang Clan doing their thing with 120 points. Uh, this was only the sixth matchup between these two teams. Thoughts on this? Kind of boring, actually. Yeah, not a ton of standing out for me. I mean, Travis Kelsey. And that's Kelsey, all you need to know right there. Travis Kelsey having a good game. <laughs> Aaron Jones, I think, surprisingly with 23 points against the Vikings defense. Um, I think fantasy owners everywhere are happy to see that after his terrible performance during week one. I think it only gets better for him going forward, so. In general, I think Jutain Clan's team's solid. I think he's going to continue to need big games out of Kelsey, and Wentz is going to have to be better than he's been, I think, for them to, or I guess, keep up, you know, strong performance, 20, 25 points at least a week in order to to really keep going. Makes sense. So we end the week with three 2-0 teams. Three zero and two teams and eight teams at five hundred. Pretty good parity so far. Love it. Yeah. Anything else on the week we have? Well, you mentioned you mentioned in that last game how Ultimate Warriors laid an egg at ninety five points. At this point in the league, when you go to start the week, what number are you looking for your team to get? I'm just curious. I think traditionally you don't you don't have a chance to win unless you score over a hundred. For sure. That is, we'd have to get, we'd have to get research on that. Yeah. The average, but. the average score this week was 111. So I think scoring has gone up. Um, yeah. You definitely have to score hundred, maybe 110 to feel comfortable, but yeah, it's, I feel like we used to have more scores between like, well, I guess we added, a, we added a position. So well, we lost kicker though. So I don't know. Yeah, we lost kicker. Yeah, I think kickers scored a, a decent amount. So you had a you had a third wide receiver spot week to week. That might not be that big of a difference. No. So I think, and you just look across the board. The winners of the week were all over a hundred and sixteen points. So yeah. to your point, Craig, I, you know, flipping back to week one, I would imagine that I think week one scoring was a little bit lower. We had a couple crappy games, and then we had a couple. I think we had like three big scores of over 140 or 150. So that kind of skewed the average yeah. a little bit. But I think week two feels a little bit more normal. And, and to Scott's point, the parity, no one really laid an egg too badly, which actually feels pretty good. Obviously, you know, the, the misfits are up against a lot of stuff. So it's hard to really count that against them. But in general, I think that 110 plus range is almost needed to, to your to feel comfortable 120 maybe you know is when you start to think okay i should absolutely win this week but you just never know if you know we've seen plenty of games come down to a defense or a tight end which can have some of the most volatility in the league gotcha okay good question i like that um yeah so that was week two we had another question a new segment this week really to get over to the slack a little bit and talk about that. But our question of the week was 
Are we good at 14 teams? Are we good at six? going back to 16? Or let's listen to Steve and hear his suggestion. Hey, uh, this is uh, Steve from Akron Collin, a uh, long time, first time. Thanks so much. Love the pod. Uh, just uh, got a couple thoughts on your uh, proposal around the number of teams here. Uh, thinking uh, 14 is probably the wrong number. I don't think we should go bigger, but uh, I think getting down to 12 is probably a good idea. I have thoughts on uh, who we should kick out. Um, I think you already know who you are, but uh, well, interesting in your thoughts. Um, who should we kick out of the league uh, to get us down to 12? Uh, thanks. I'll take your uh, answer off the air. What do you guys think of Steve's suggestion? Kicking two teams out. We like it? I think I want to hear who Steve's talking about. I mean, I have my thoughts. Yeah, I feel like he took the, the, a weak way out there of not actually naming teams. He's too nice. I, um, but what do you guys think? 14 is good. I'm, I'm pretty mixed on this one. Uh, I could go either way, so I'm curious what other people think. I'm not, I'm not super strong one way or the other. I actually liked it when it was 16. I really like deep fantasy leagues. Just I think it tests you more. Definitely gives you some options for, I guess, I think more options for roster variability and kind of keeper variability with developmental players and stuff like that. You can kind of, you kind of need to do more with that, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So that's fun to me, but I also do like 14. My biggest thing actually on this topic was about the scheduling. I really, really like that we play everybody one time. I know when we used to have divisions, you'd play everybody twice, but then I don't think you wouldn't play, you wouldn't play everybody in the league every year. I really like just playing everybody one time. It, that just seems too perfect to, for me to mess with. You never have any issues with tiebreakers. You, you know, you're either 1-0 or 0-1 against everybody. I think that's a really great way to decide the playoffs. I know there's still variability on, you know, when you played that person or not, but that's fantasy football. That's just how it works, no matter what format you have. So, I really like the 13, you know, I guess the 13 games you play everybody one time. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I didn't. I, now that you say that, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add in the sense of I, I, I do like that. It keeps the schedule simple. You're not worrying about what the crossover game is. Does this guy play a better team than that guy? And, yeah, the rivalries were fun, and it's fun to win a division. But I think this just keeps it the truest. And I think you get the – the truest results in regards to who the best teams are. You're always, like you said, you're always going to have some luck in fantasy football, but I think having just who's got the, what are the eight best records in the league and go from there. So. Makes sense. I don't disagree. Uh, I think for me, it's more just like how epic the league was when it was like 16, four divisions, you know, you could kind of organize and have those storylines and that was kind of fun. But I, I do agree with the playing everybody once because there were times when you wouldn't play a team for two, three years just because of what the crossover was and all that. So I could see it both ways. I don't think if you stay at 14, Bobby is suggesting two seven team conferences. I don't really know what that does for us. And I struggle with how you do that. Schedule. Yeah. I, I was going to bring that up as well. I, I hate to disagree with Bob, but, I think it's either what we have now, which I love, or you try to get back to 16 and you go to the four divisions. I don't think conferences does too much to your point. 
Um, I think when we were back at 16 teams, the four, four team divisions made sense because the, obviously the league's bigger and, and you can kind of create those rivalries and whatever. To your point at 16, I think it would be epic and I would actually be in favor of that. The big if though is, who would those two additional teams be? Yeah. I mean, and if, it has to be next always year. Issue. If, it has to be next year too. Right. It has to be next year. If, I mean, if Steve had another brother or two, you know, it'd be great to get those guys in. <laughs> I would say if there was, you know, another Pizer, you know, maybe we, we trust that person. I don't know if anybody else out there has got any siblings or BFFs that they, they'd want to recommend joining the league, but that's personally how I would look at it is, if we have two really strong owners that would buy in, be all in right away next year, that would definitely change the conversation for me. But how realistic is that? I'm not sure. Scott's done a great job of finding replacement owners over the last few years. I don't know how deep your bench is there, Scott. I'm sure you can roll <laughs> up and down the halls. It's getting a little thin. Uh, you know, maybe next time JJ Watts in the building, you could have, invite him into our fantasy league, something like that. That's true. Uh, does Serena play fantasy football? I don't know. <laughs> Paul yeah. George? Oh, I- I'll ask her next okay. time. We'll, we'll we'll get back. We'll get back on next that. Next time I see her. Yeah. Yeah, the roster is pretty thin, so I think getting to 16 could be tough, but I think it's an interesting question because I think when it was 16, we we all loved it. Like there weren't Yeah, it was tough on the waiver wire, but it was we didn't have many problems. We just didn't have the owners that we have now. So that's my only concern is we have 14 awesome owners right now. So I struggle with do you want to thin that pool? But I don't know. Uh, other rules. We did talk about the two QB thing that had a lot of conversation. Uh, I think it's kind of dead at this point. <laughs> I don't think people are that excited about it. I think if you did a super flex, there's something there, but with 14, especially with 16, I think it's just too hard. Yeah. The one thing I, I wanted to say about this and Craig, I want your thoughts too. I didn't, I was kind of catching up on all the messages today, but the Superflex to me is really exciting because it's just a whole new variable that we've never considered before. Obviously you'd have to tweak some scoring and things like that, but with how I guess deep and somewhat flat the NFL is now, there's so many players out there. And that was kind of my point on the going to the PPR thing makes the wide receiver position uh, even deeper, or I guess deeper and, and more valuable, which I like. But kind of what I was getting to is that kind of goes along with the super flex to, I think, a couple guys' points. If you have a super flex, QB is likely going to be the prudent play every single week unless you do something about the scoring. So I think those two go hand in hand. I'm not falling on a sword for it one way or the other. Just for me, and let's all be honest, all of this conversation is going to be totally personal preference. Do you like rooting every week for – would you rather root every week for two quarterbacks or would you rather hope your defense blows up or your tight end? I know it's not exactly like that, but in my opinion, I would rather focus on more quarterbacks, more passing yardage, that type of stuff. than you know, maybe we are now that's again, just my personal opinion. So uh, Craig, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one. Yeah. My initial thought is against, uh, two quarterbacks. Um, I, just the, in regards to the quarterback question, you know, but as I was sitting here listening to you, I was thinking about the quarterback position, and it's almost, you know, whoop, Stanley. Stanley. Stanley joins the podcast. You know, you look at the quarterback position, and you've got, you know, you got the top four people are, are kind of standing out. You know, you got Jackson Prescott, 
Mahomes and Brady are kind of the the top right now. And then from five through fourteen, they're separated by four points. You know, so really, the unless you get like a top three quarterback, you, you can grab a quarterback whenever you want, and you should be fine. You know, I don't know where Murray will end up, for example, but you know he's going to be fine. He's not going to score like twelve points less than you know, Deshaun Watson or Carson Wentz or something like that per game. But if you get into two quarterbacks, then you're having to pick, you know, you're having to use a Kirk Cousins or Jameis Winston or Cam Newton who are scoring 12, where the average score right now for a quarterback in that 5 through 14 range is like 23. So, like, there is a difference there. And the quarterback becomes a little bit more important from a draft perspective. You know, you don't, you can't wait until the seventh round to pick a quarterback because they become more valuable at that point. So I do think it could be interesting from that perspective. That's something I just off the cuff. I'm just talking out loud right now. So, um, so I guess to your point, Dan, is that if you can nerf the scoring a little bit, um, so that it's not the quarterback scoring isn't crazy compared to wide receiver running back then I, I do think there's, there's, there's an argument there to make it more interesting overall. Long answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd have to do – I'm convinced you can't do two quarterback requirement just because bye weeks and that. It just doesn't right. work. It'd have to be a super flex. But with super flex, I mean, like I said in the Slack, the draft's much more interesting. You look at that article I posted, like – the ADP of the quarterback, all of a sudden the first round is every position's been For sure. And then from a trade perspective, right now nobody's trading a quarterback generally. You I mean, to. Dan, you lost Breeze, so maybe there's something. Or yeah. Brian needs – but, but you, you can just pick, pick up, up Jones. Anyone, just pick up yeah. the Giants. <laughs> and, yeah. and it'll be fine, yeah. right? Uh, but now all of a sudden you have another position where you can do trades. Yes. And that, that's interesting. And so. I think the nature of just our keeper league in general – making quarterbacks a little bit more valuable. And again, it's in, in the context of a super flex. So not everybody would play a quarterback in that position. We'd have to figure out the scoring, like we've all said, but making the quarterback position a little bit more valuable in our deep keeper league. When you get, you know, after the reset next year, you get in a year three, four, five, six, you want more good players available to move around trade for redraft for, you know, I think it makes the redraft a little bit deeper, right? If you're looking for that 15 to 25 ranked quarterback in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, that makes our drafts deeper, provided we don't do anything crazy with keeper rules. So that's kind of the way that I look at it too, just from a keeper league standpoint. It makes, it gives you more options from a keeper standpoint. It gives you more options to build your team, honestly. We yeah. have, yeah. A, a, over the last few years, I think we've all noticed the running back position is so shallow but we all have to take them in the first round because we know we have to find one. Otherwise you're really not going to compete. So I think going to Superflex just gives you more options to build your team. And I would argue this year, I know I'm 0-2, but adding the wide receiver spot also accomplishes that. Now you can truly build around wide receivers and your running backs maybe don't have to be very good. I'm not doing a very good job of proving that right now, uh, but that's just something that I was thinking about just from a deep keeper league standpoint. So I'd love to get some more thoughts from around the league on that specifically. I love the idea of anytime you can bring in more ways to build your team. I think that makes it interesting. 
So I loved when we did the running back wide receiver tight end flex because now you can have two tight ends play. And that was just another thing you could do. Um, but you couldn't do two so. defenses, you're saying, correct? <laughs> that <laughs> is correct, not. Craig. Yes. I would probably be against that. And again, I don't – if you do super flex, yes, most people do quarterback. I don't know if that's a problem with that. The only reason you're doing super flex is for a bye week, you can play someone else. You don't have an empty spot, right? So it's, I think it's okay if 90% of the teams are playing that second quarterback if that's the way it is, right? So. I like it. I think it's interesting. Yeah, let's, we're gonna, let's post that back out there and get some more thoughts on that. So if you're listening to this, <laughs> right. open up the Slack right now and give us your thoughts on that one. I'd like to hear you know, from pretty much everybody on this one. I think, I think what we decide for roster pretty big makeup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What we decide for roster makeup is going to play directly into scoring. It's going to play into keeper rules, draft type or keeper types, I guess is what I meant to say. And, and it's all going to kind of play out from there. And something we alluded to, I think maybe on the very first podcast is we have a lot of decisions to kind of make, and we're all trying to make them together and hear everybody's thoughts and opinions, but there's going to have to be a little bit of a cadence. We lost Dan. Can you hear me still? Yeah. You know, it wasn't that important anyway, but my only point was at some point we're going to have to start to make a couple initial decisions, which will then help shape the rest of the league. So I'm glad we have everybody kind of chiming in now. I think if we hone in on this roster piece, that's going to help us really start to move forward once we figure out what we want that to look like. Sorry for changing topics on the Slack there then. <laughs> um, uh, well, oh yeah, correct. can I bring up one other thing? Yeah. Um, in regards to defensive scoring. Oh yes. Since I've got Dan on the line. Oh boy. Uh, um, Doing some research, you know, I don't think I was kind of like, like my comment said, I was a little bit for bringing down some of the points, but I actually take that back. I think the scoring is fine because, you know, when you look at, I know it's only two weeks, but you look at defenses four through 14, they're separated by six points. So like the majority of the teams are right there. And for a team to have a day, like, the Patriots had, that's like what Christian McCaffrey had, right? In week one. So him compared to another running back, yeah, he outscored him by 25 points or something like that. And that's what the Patriots did. So I don't think it's that. I think it's okay because if they have a ridiculous day, then they're going to score ridiculous points. But overall, the defenses are all kind of the same. And I think it it works out fine in the end. Yeah, Craig, I hear that. And this is what Scott has always said as well. For me, though, it's more about how much the defenses are scoring from an average standpoint versus other positions in the league. And kind of if you look at the top 150 players. But that doesn't matter because all the defenses are you, – you got to look at just the top 14 defenses. You, it doesn't matter what the, what, the number, what the defenses score against the running back or the wide receivers. It just matters what the defenses score against the other defenses because that's the only one you're comparing. No, I understand that. And my only point yeah. is, again, personal preference-wise, I don't like my defense having <laughs> to be one of my highest scorers of the week in order to win my matchup. And that's how I have it felt. It feels like a, it's like a perception. A visual thing, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> well, no, it, I mean, it's not a visual thing. I mean, look. It's, it's true. It, it is still a fact that defenses rank very high on the total top 150 players list. That is still very true. 
So that is for me, the biggest thing. And that's, I think that was the thing for me on kickers too, was, you know, kickers score a lot of points and there's a lot of variability there. The spread within kickers couldn't have been any more than the spread on defenses. So I, I hear you on the statistical thing. Trust, trust me. I mean, that's that I totally understand that. So, so I did a little bit last year as Dan <laughs> knows. Um, and I looked at kind of the variance slash standard deviation of all the averages. And it's a little flawed because I'm looking at too many of them. I'm not looking at the top 14. So maybe that's a better way to look at it. But from a spread perspective, kickers, the standard deviation was four points on average. Quarterback was eight and a half, running back 8.6, wide receiver 7.4, defense 6.5. So the way the scoring is, they're kind of the spread is fairly similar to the other positions, whereas kicker was like everybody's the freaking same, right? Yep, and that's fair. And I, I mean, I'm not, and that's always been my argument. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not arguing that at all. Um, It's again, it's more just about you know, how many points the defenses are averaging versus other position or compared to other positions. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's been proven and out the... that in this league, I mean, defenses have gone earlier and earlier pretty much every year. And, and that's fine. We're all playing by the same rules. I took three of them this year because that's how, yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> but, but, but I think, you know, that's, that's not something that I really want to be doing in fantasy football. Um, and, I mean, I mean, shit may not be the right strategy, but, I think in general, when you look at the defenses, I, you know, I, I kind of look at last year, the Bears were kind of an anomaly, obviously by far and away the best. But yeah. most of the teams, I think 20, it was like 23 or 24 teams averaged 10 points a week, which is pretty significant. Uh, and to the spread point, too, I think the spread kind of has started to lead towards defenses going by way of the kickers. Again, in my mind, that's how I think about it. I'm, I'm more just coming from a, I don't want to have to rely on my defense week in and week out to be one of my, my top performers. But I don't know if the league feels the same way. And I think with already getting rid of the kicker, it might be hard to do away with defenses altogether like I would vote for. But I think removing the, changing the points a little bit, even if it's as simple as you don't need, you don't need bonus points for yards. I think we all agree that giving up points in the NFL is the most important thing. A team can lose a game and still have 500 yards. Yeah. So, or win a game and still have 500 yards against them. So I think to me, it's getting rid of the yardage, maybe tweaking a few things elsewhere. And then it just comes down a little bit and it's just a little bit more of an improvement. It's interesting. Uh, I think, I mean, if you get rid of the yards, the points come down, the spread stays about the same. So if it's a, visual thing that's something we can yeah i think i think what you're saying is that you just don't want to lose a game because someone else's defense beat you that badly where you'd be okay if (laughs) john ross from cincinnati (laughs) scored 30 points that game that's okay yeah yeah, it it is a little bit like come on the defense beat me yeah i I mean i mean that's one way of looking at it yes and i'm not saying that's not true because that definitely hurts and trust me i've been the last two years I've had great defensive performances. I think when I won it all two years ago, my defense was like my best benefit, every, <laughs> my best player every week. So I, I get, you know, that, that is what it is. And it's not, it's, it's not really a visual thing, but it's, I guess when I think, I, I want to be more focused on the players is what I think. And I, you know, that's, 
again. Yeah. Well, if you want to be more focused on the players, the answer is IDP. And I say we just go there. Oh, no, no, no. We no, add no, five no, more no. players. No. <laughs> no, but I think – but in all seriousness, I think that's kind of why I like going towards the super flex because it just gives you more options to build your team. And that's, I do like that. That's really what yeah. it comes down to. I'm not – I'm not saying get, let's get rid of the defense. I think we, most of us would agree that we can change the defensive points a little bit. Otherwise it's fine. And then, you know, just like Scott said, like we've all said, other ways to build your roster, making that, giving us more options, more ways to strategize going into the reset with 14 teams. You know, I think that's going to be a great way to look at it going forward. All right. Well, this has been an epic podcast. <laughs> uh, so thanks to Craig for joining us. Thanks for having me. Any, any parting words? No, I'm just, ex- I'm, yeah, no, I think we've got a great uh, nucleus here this year. And um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting year and uh, years moving forward. So excited to come back on after other people get their chances and uh, always love talking some dynasty time. All right, Dan, anything before we sign off? Christian McCaffrey forever. <laughs> well, so we, we right, should well, have a bet if who scores more points by the end of the year. But there you go. I don't know if I'm confident should, in that. Should we do that right now? <laughs> Let, let's, put a, let's put a poll out there or whatever on Slack and see, <laughs> and see what, what people think about what it. The bet poll we can, yeah. There you go. go. Scott, come up with some All options right. to throw it out there. People can vote. Yeah, I'll just do everything around here. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And we will see you, of course, next week. Bye. Bye.